For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. How are you now? Folks, your Montreal Canadiens, they lose 7-6 to six in overtime to the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver. Hello and welcome to episode 2025. It's episode 25 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habsize and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and oof. I want to be pissed off about that one, but I also kind of can't. You know, it's it's tough. It's it's tough. It it is tough to watch your team, you know, blow a big lead, get it back, go to overtime and then lose. Even if you want them to lose. You know, I'm sure even Tank Nation is slightly upset about that one just for the way that it played out. So, because it's already like 2:30 in the morning, where I live by the time I'm recording this. Let's just get into the recap so I can get this over with. <laughs> oh, um, As I mentioned, they blew a lead, but it didn't start out like with an immediate lead or anything. The first five minutes of that game went horribly for the Montreal Canadiens. They gave up eight shots in the first five minutes, and they had zero shots, four. Uh, Samuel Montembeau was standing on his head, keeping them in that game. Canucks were dominating. However... Before they even hit the 10-minute mark of the game, Canucks turn the puck over in the offensive zone. Jordan Harris puts it on an absolute platter for Cole Caulfield. Clapper, one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. 26 more goals to go. It's one nothing for the Habs, and now they're picking it up. Now they're starting to play much better. After that goal, they just completely became a different team. And then uh, Luke Shen... Had a, a bit of a, a late hit on Uri Slavkovsky, and that really seemed to wake them up. Now they're playing even better. And Nick Suzuki takes an insane pass from Caden Gooley, sending him in. Comes streaking in on the right wing, fires a shot, handcuffs Spencer Martin in net for the Canucks, and makes it 2 nothing. We're cooking now. The Habs then, they get a power play. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. However... Just as the power play was ending. So this is basically a power play goal. Nick Suzuki again. Gorgeous pass this time. Instead of scoring himself, throws it directly into the slot to Sean Monaghan. He just taps it in. Makes it 3 nothing Montreal. Shortly after that, Jordan Harris again getting involved. Coming in on the right-hand side. Just throws it into the middle. It bounces off of a Canuck. And then it's sitting there in the slot. And Michael Pizzetta just takes a whack at it. Puts it in the net. It's 4-0. Spencer Martin at that point chased from the net. They change goaltenders. 
4 nothing for the Montreal Canadiens is your score at the end of 20. They are cooking, looking like maybe it's going to be a blowout win. However, we get into the second period, and to be honest, they, they kind of quit playing. They kind of decided that they were content to sit on a four-goal lead, which, let's face it, it's two times the worst lead in hockey, right? Everybody says the worst lead in hockey is a two-goal lead. Well, they got four, so let's sit on it. Well, probably don't do that. Late in the period, well, not super late in the period anyways, broken play in the Hab zone, puck kind of bouncing around a little bit, leads to Connor Garland in alone. He deeks, goes forehand, makes it 4-1. He gets the Canucks on the board. And then Elias Pettersson behind the net in the final minute, uh, no, final two minutes, I think, of play. He finds Ilya Mikheyev out front. He puts it in, makes it 4-2. Uh-oh. Better fucking start playing pretty soon here boys because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna blow this one you're gonna blow a four goal lead really and sure enough we go into the third period less than five minutes into the period puck bouncing all over the hab zone they can't clear it Caden Gooley tries he puts it off the glass but it gets stopped almost all the way out point shot just lands perfectly for Bo Horvat and he puts it in and makes it four to three and then Christian Dvorak, he gets his stick cleaved in half on a face-off. Pretty sure that's supposed to be a penalty. I don't think you're allowed to slash somebody's stick in half, but I don't know. Um, anyways, he gets his stick cleaved in half. Canucks win the draw. And guess what? Ilya Mikheyev, down in front, again, puts it in, and it's 4-4. Four to four. And then not long after that, uh, the wheels really are off at this point for the Habs. Uh, puck gets dumped into the Hab zone. Samuel Montembeau comes out behind his net to get it. Uh, gives it away to Jack Studnika. He goes around the net, and what does he do? He deposits it in behind Samuel Montembeau, and it's 5-4 to four for the Canucks. The blowing of the lead is fucking complete at that point. And I'm thinking, at that point, because it's so late in the day for me, right I, I live in Atlantic time zone I'm like you know what just blow the lead all the way or don't but the Habs you know they come they come back like a bat out of hell of course they do because why wouldn't they offensive zone draw a little bit questionable Bruce Boudreaux was very upset about this one but the Habs win it and it leads to Evgeny Dadunov getting the puck he puts it on net and Christian Dvorak comes in and just cleans up the garbage makes it 5-5 we're cooking. The Habs are back in this thing. And then shortly after that, Habs get a two-on-one. Josh Anderson just puts the puck on net. It ricochets around. Looks like it went off Quinn Hughes before going into the net. And it's 6-5 to five for the Montreal Canadiens with like two minutes to go in the game. What the fuck? Somehow, they managed to get back into this thing and not only get back into it, but leading it again. But... Final dying minutes of the game. Johnny Kovacevic takes a tripping penalty. And immediately, immediately off the initial draw, it gets to JT Miller. He throws it down to Andre Kuzmenko down in front. He taps it in. 6-6. Six to six. We are going to overtime. And overtime does not take very long whatsoever. Initial draw. 
puck gets back to Mike Matheson. Mike Matheson's kind of trying to circle back into his own zone and kind of start a little bit of a rush for the Habs, and he just blows a tire. It looked like a trip at first. It looked like Elias Pettersson tripped him. I think it was Pettersson anyways, but it was definitely Pettersson who got the puck after Matheson blew a tire. Wasn't even touched. Uh, Kind of a brutal play from him, but what are you going to do? It happens to the best of us. And uh, Pettersson just cuts into the net, and he puts it in. Ends the game 7-6 to six in favor of the Canucks. I felt like Montembeau probably should have stopped that Pedersen drive. It wasn't, you know, it, it, it didn't take a whole lot of skill from Pedersen. He kind of just pulled it to the forehand and just dunked it. If Montembeau wasn't cheating a little bit to his right, I think he probably would have got enough of that to keep it out of the net, but he didn't. And, uh, and that's the end of the game. Um tough one tough one especially if you're not in tank nation and you don't want to see them lose games because blowing leads like that you just can't do it i mean team tank or not tank nation or not you don't want to see your team blow a lead like that do you um i don't that was rough and i i said it on twitter i said it in the eotp slack chat as well I would prefer them to just blow the lead in a late game like that for people on the East Coast. Just blow the lead all the way or win it in regulation. Do one of the two. Don't send it to overtime. At least I will give them this. The overtime didn't last very long. Um, But I kind of expected it to be maybe a Cole Caulfield OT winner. At least I could be a little bit more excited about it. Um, But what are you going to do? You know, I, I, I said it from the beginning of the season. I wanted to see exciting wins or losses whatever I see I wanted to see entertainment and from an entertainment standpoint this game had everything it had a blown four goal lead followed by the team that blew the lead coming back and taking the lead and then losing it again and then losing in overtime I mean what more can you ask for in many ways this was kind of the perfect tank loss the perfect loss that the Montreal Canadiens could put up you know, you got to see a lot of events, right? We had a 7-6 game. The entertainment factor was off the charts, regardless of whether you're on Team Tank or Team Try to Win and get into the playoffs. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter. That that was quite entertaining, and at least you have that. Um, as for your silver lining of the night, whew, it's tough. It's really tough for me to pick a silver lining in a game where my team blew a four-goal fucking lead. But I'm going to go with Nick Suzuki. Um, I know that's maybe a bit of a cop-out because uh, I've picked him a few times this season, either for player of the game and wins or for silver linings and losses. But he was magnificent in that game. After he scored that goal, um, I mean, it, it was a handcuff, right? That probably shouldn't go in most of the time against definitely against elite goaltenders you're going to have a, a hard time scoring that regularly but after he scored it he he gave a little shove to Quinn Hughes kind of let him know like yeah I got that one on you and you, you got to love the attitude from him uh, ever since he got named captain it's like he's got a new level of confidence and I, I didn't necessarily predict that I think a lot of people predicted the opposite really a lot of people predicted that being named captain was going to be too much for him at his age and he, he was going to regress as a result, and he was going to end up with a shitty season. Uh, none of that has happened. So far, he's been magnificent. 
magnificent this season. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. And you got to enjoy that more than anything because he's one of the most important players for this team in the rebuild. Him, Cole Caulfield, uh, probably Gooley, you could argue, is maybe third on the list. I don't, I don't know. Take your pick, but for sure one, two is, is Caulfield and Suzuki, and both of them are having fantastic seasons so far. So your silver lining is Nick Suzuki because, I mean, he factored in in a big way on two of the goals. Uh on the night and what more can you say he's having a fantastic season he deserves every moment of that C on his chest and I'm having a fun time watching him and then Cole Caulfield uh, he could be co-silver lining if you want I mean the Habs were getting absolutely dominated in that first period for the first six seven minutes before Caulfield scored and then all of a sudden you go down the ice Jordan Harris just fires an easy pass over to Cole Caulfield. He claps it in, and all of a sudden, everything changes. That's the kind of impact that he can have for this team moving forward. Is you know They could be getting beat down by a team, and all of a sudden, he could score and just take the wind right out of their fucking sails. It's fantastic. The Habs have not had a player like this in so long. In so long. It's amazing. It's something that we should be celebrating on a daily basis. And of course, that's why I have my countdown going this season. I want him to hit 40 goals so bad because we haven't had a 40-goal scorer. And I feel like I've said this many, many times already on this podcast. But since Vincent Darfus in 93, it's the last time that we had a 40-goal scorer. So let's get one. Let's rally behind this guy and hope that he gets it, even if we don't make the fucking playoffs. Nobody cares about the playoffs this season. It's about building something for the future. And seeing him hit 40 would really sell me on the fact that we're building towards something. Of course, the game was not without incident. Uh, Sean Monaghan went down, I think, in the second period. But he did not return to the game. So he may be day-to-day, week-to-week. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see what the Habs put out about his status. But that is bad news. Uh, for the Habs it's bad news because Sean Monaghan has been playing fantastic hockey and the weird thing about that game is you look at the team when Sean Monaghan was on the ice versus when he was not available it was night and day so Sean Monaghan is incredibly important to this team's ability to play at five on five Um, I don't think that's a good sign and it's a worse sign because he's a player that you expect to be able to trade at the deadline for significant assets so really hoping that they get back news on him and he's only going to be out for a couple of days Uh, but I guess we'll have to wait and see Uh, you know the team is incredibly tight-lipped about these things they don't release information until and unless they want to so we might have to wait but I don't I don't think he's going to be playing tomorrow night in Seattle I think that much is clear Um, outside of that I don't really have a whole lot to say. I mean, it was a highly entertaining game where they blew a lead. Uh, Montembeau played really, really well in the early goings of the game, and then he tapered off and started uh, 
not playing like shit, but he, he let in a couple that probably don't normally go in on him. So a little bit, maybe a little bit of regression coming from him there. He's been fantastic this season, so we got to allow him that. We got to just sweep that under the rug and say, all right, well, on to the next one, um, which is Seattle tomorrow night at, again, 11 p.m. local time for me. So half an hour earlier, which is fantastic, I guess, but still uh, ridiculously late. So um, I'm probably going to cut this episode a little bit short, but before I do, I just want to come back real quick to what I said at the start of the episode. This is the perfect loss for the Habs this season. It's the perfect loss. And it's not just because it was entertaining and there was a lot of goals and, you know, they got the lead and they gave it up and they got it back. It's because this is a perfect teachable moment for this team. It's the perfect way to show the key pieces that you have around the team right now why you don't sit on leads, right? Why you don't score four and then just stop playing for a little bit. It's the perfect way to teach them how you have to hold a lead, how you have to get one back. Look at it. They 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 go up 4 nothing. They go down 5-4. They still manage to take it back. Like There are lessons that you can take from that game that are invaluable to these young players that are on the team right now. So this is really the perfect loss, not only for the tank, so for Team Tank, but also for the the section of the fan base that thinks that this team is closer to contending than they should be, right? There's a lot that they can learn from that game. I hope they do. I think Martin Saint-Louis is the right coach to show them what they're supposed to learn from that game. And, and, and I hope that, I hope they I hope they understand it. You know? I hope they can sit down. I mean, they don't really have a lot of time because they gotta get back on the ice tomorrow night. Um it's just down the road in Seattle. It's not a far drive for them. But I, I hope after that they get to go back and watch the film of that specific game and just realize, you know, what is it that you need to do different? You clearly have the firepower. You can score. You put up six goals. I mean, yes, it's against the Canucks, and they're not exactly a powerhouse this season, but you put up six goals. You can score. What is it that you need to do? What is it that you need to adjust to make sure that you're not giving up seven? I feel like that's easier to figure out than how do you score six? You know? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. At the end of the day, it is uh, almost 3 o'clock in the morning here, so I'm going to cut this episode short. Um, well, it's, it's not super short. It's uh, around 18 minutes. So, c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify. We're on Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. We will be back tomorrow night with another episode. Rain or shine, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., doesn't matter. I always post an episode after every single game. And, folks, just to remind you one more time, before I close this thing out 26 more goals to go Cole Caulfield countdown continues à la prochaine